everybody. Welcome to episode number 80 of NASCAR Radio, this time for real, where trading cards and racing meet. I'm your pal Val. With me is amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? Hey, Val. I'm doing well. And the man, the myth, the legend, Hall of Famer, Logan King NASCAR. How are you? I am feeling royal tonight. That's awesome. Got a great show for everybody today. We're going to talk about top 10 Richard Petty cards through the mail autograph requests and NASCAR news. We're going to talk about some eBay auctions and the Dunruss release date was released. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Panini America. And then we also like to thank everybody for spending some time with us this week and previous shows for, and downloading the shows. If you would please like and share the podcast, help other folks find the podcast. So we'd appreciate it. But first, let's go over to NASCAR news. The release date for Dunruss has been released. It's going to be March 2nd of this year. So it looks like it's been pushed a month. Yeah, we kind of saw that coming with National Tre- Treasures being released late. Kind of figured that they would uh, push that out just a little bit, and they did. I guess with all the supply chain issues and with, like you said, National Treasures getting pushed, it wouldn't have left a lot of time between releases. So, so how do we feel about the price on this now that we're looking at four fifty to five dollars a pack for Don Russ? Yeah, I saw the big three had the boxes at one hundred and ten. I don't, I'm, don't know if this is something a ploy like the Chronicles where they had listed it. And I was like fifty something dollars more than what actually sold for. It came down pretty quick right before release date. So, and I think we talked about it before, where everybody's pricing stuff high just in case uh, there's a sell it or something like that that they can grab that price and then always come down. Right? Can't always can't go up after you sold it. So, yeah, I think it's tough. Yeah. I think five point five points five dollars is like the the tipping point for your base flagship brands like your Don Russ and your tops. I don't think you can really go much higher than, than that and keeping the same formula as tops and, uh, you know, Don Russ typically do, you know, with the same amount of hits per year per hobby box. And then retail is usually pretty much the same as well. Yeah. I mean, uncle rich, you know, talks about when, you know, the companies pack those out, they pack it out at that suggested retail price, not necessarily, you know, what, they sell for so if they're packing it at 70 you know they're trying to get 110 i guess where i'm going is you know you get one auto and two memorabilia and i you know i missed the good old days of where i'd say uh you know if it was ten dollars a hit you know we were seeing stuff where maybe like the 2016 certified was 40 dollars a box you know and you got two two autos two memorabilia i know those days are gone but you can see um you know, compared to the Donra. So Panini was packing it out at 110. I guess I would, I'd be okay with that, but I don't think they're packing it for that. Yeah. For one autograph and two mem at $110, that's pretty hefty for a NASCAR. I don't know that I would be buying a whole lot of boxes at that price, but I feel confident like you guys. I, I, I think it's going to come down for sure. Uh, you know, last year, I think the secret sauce was that fifth anniversary buyback auto right so i don't think we have any of that so i'd be curious to see you know what happens at release time and then you know after 30 days after that right unless 
I don't know what time is it here, about almost five minutes in that you know, Ty freaking Gibbs is in it and that saves it. So yeah, we haven't seen a checklist, so I'm sure I'm sure Ty freaking Gibbs will be in Donruss. Yeah, and I think we talked about like that Optima Optima uh optic set, right? I think they're gonna make all two hundred cards instead of the normal hundred, so we shall see. What else we have for NASCAR news? Well, um Tanner Thorson wins the chili bowl it, it's that's an indoor midget car race and second place was uh christopher bell so congratulations to him he broke the two-year winning streak that kyle larson had at that race and car i think kyle larson finished sixth from what i read so that was a pretty interesting race i mean you know i'm a i'm a race fan i like all kinds of different forms of racing you know i don't follow the other ones as, as much as i do nascar of course but you know it's cool to see things like that that was like a week-long event right there was a bunch of heat races to to get to that yeah i think they had heat races for the heat races for the heat races it was a lot of heat races man so you really had to work your way up through there to get to that final heat yeah it wasn't like you know everybody the few folks show up and then the one race and you're done it was it was a long, grueling road to to get to that and to the, for the win. So, and beat Kyle Larson—that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, beating Kyle Larson on dirt <laughs> is a huge deal because I mean, you saw what he did when before he came back to NASCAR. It seemed like every dirt race he was in, he was winning, and he was he was just whipping them, you know, whipping them crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he has cards. We uh, we talked about it right before the show. He's in a 2019 Next in Line, and then also in 2019 Victory Lane, the pedal to the metal. I tweeted that uh, that out. So congratulations to him for uh, winning the Chili Bowl. Yeah, he's also got the 2019 Panini Prism scripted signatures as well. So he does have autos out there. Uh, you know, I don't know what his aspirations are to, to come to NASCAR or anything, but, you know, who knows? Maybe worth picking up right now. Yeah, you never know, right? We use Josh Berry as a barometer and working their way up to try to get uh, get a shot. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we've had a lot of uh, midget car and, and those kind of open wheel drivers come into NASCAR and do very well. I mean, Kyle Larson's a perfect example of that. Um, did you guys hear that the rumors of Lewis Hamilton possibly retiring? I did not hear that. Yeah, I heard a few rumors. In fact, I was sitting downstairs with my wife the other night and she was reading an article that he might retire and went, huh? No, there's no way he's going to retire. But uh, that's just pure rumors. He is not going to retire. He's got a contract with Mercedes through 29, uh, excuse me, 2023. And, uh, I heard that there's a, a spokesman from Tops that actually was talking about this. And you know what he said? No. He went. <sighs> he was thankful that he was thankful that Lewis Hamilton is not retiring. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, that, that product wouldn't be anything without him. Uh, you know, where and where are all those fans? Oh, my God. Yeah. go. <laughs> I guess maybe they get become Lando, right? So that was the other thing too. Right before the show, I was talking about the. I saw. I guess Lando is going to be second on that Mercedes team. So, 
Yeah, one more thing that I, I saw in NASCAR news is, and I'm not really familiar with this team, but it's called Money Team Racing, and they're affiliated with Floyd Merriweather. So I guess they've got some, you know, he's made a lot of money in boxing, so I'm sure that's probably part of the reason they're calling it the Money Team. <laughs> but, but they're looking to, you know, at least enter the Daytona 500, if not have a full-time team, with Kaz Grala as their driver. You know, I was kind of, you know, shaming Kaz Grala last week with him being in National Treasures. But, I mean, I like him. I think he's, you know, he did well. I think last year in the Daytona 500, he finished like 28th or something. So, he's a good driver. He just needs a good car. He's on the money team. Yep, he's on the money team. Make a song. Well, I did remember reading, I guess it was a few months ago, that, you know, NASCAR said they were getting all kinds of requests now uh, about information about charters. So I think um, with Michael Jordan and that 23XI coming in and then with Pitbull coming in, I think a lot of folks are now, and the changes that NASCAR has made, I think a lot of companies now are, are giving them a, a second look or wanting to get into the sport because we got like the next gen car coming in. So that's supposed to bring costs down. We got the one lug nut. So, I mean, you know, all these things to streamline and we bring down costs and, and hopefully I guess level the playing field maybe for competition or not having to have those deep massive teams for engineers and everything else. So kind of made me think F1 there for a minute, but with, with all the bunches of people that support that team. So. Yeah, you're right. It does lower the playing field. Um, the cars are going to be more, more even. Uh, they're like I said, they're going to be more cost effective to run the team. Uh, you know, they have composite bodies, so that's going to help. You know, hopefully, we'll minimize, you know, sheet metal or car damage, and hopefully, again, cut down the cost. Well, when you were saying that, you're saying the sheet metal damage. I'm thinking. When I, I talked to the one, uh, I think it was at Richard Childress, when uh, it was the Xfinity, they were doing this at the Xfinity level, is, you know, the door frames and some of the other stuff, they have that pattern in it that, I don't know if it's a hexagon or whatever it is, but the officials can look at it quickly and tell if it's been modified or not. So, uh, you know, it's going to reduce some of the cheating going on, or I don't know call it cheating, let's say, fudging the rules maybe or or playing outside the gray area or whatever like uh, ray Ranham used to call it so you know th they get that whole piece and they can put it in and then that's you know less engineering or less things that they can tamper with or change so yeah trust me chad canals will find a way to skirt the rules that, that boy that boy's a genius he'll he'll find some some discrepancy in the rule book and he'll exploit it trust me <laughs> That's one one person that if he wrote a book, I would be first in line to get to read the the stuff the the find out about some of that stuff. And if you have not seen this, I can't remember the name of the special, but it was Ray Evernham and Jeff Gordon. They had recorded either '96 or '97 season or Daytona, and they. Uh, Ray just kind of breaks down the stuff and some of the stuff that they were doing and uh, with, I don't say cheating, but uh, changing things around. So I'm always uh, interested to hear the, some of those stories and, you know, 
I know Logan knows this one, but Ray Fox had a book and he talks about some of the stuff that they did back in the day. And I guess he was so good at it that once he retired, they brought him in as a NASCAR inspector. So uh, to try to get <laughs> some of the other folks, um, but I digress. So sorry about that. But yeah, it'd be interesting when I check it out. I'm sure they're up late thinking of stuff. So yeah, that's all I've got for news. You guys got anything else? I don't think so. Do you want to talk about the Richard Petty cards or through the mail? Let's talk about Richard Petty. Let's talk about Richard Petty, the king. And his cards. And his trading cards, yes. So I don't know if we want to break down why they call him the king or some of his records or why, how he came about. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about that. Of course, everybody knows that, you know, he's got the all-time win record. He's got 200 wins with, you know, second place being 105 wins with David Pearson. So, you know, there's no way I don't think anybody – you know, in the modern era can ever eclipse that record. You know, I thought Jeff Gordon would have well over a hundred wins when he first started, but he never made it and look at the career he had. So that's, that's a record. I don't think you'll ever see beaten because, you know, back when Richard Petty was racing, you know, they would run two, three times a week because, you know, they were trying to feed their family. So, you know, it, for them, it was all about winning and winning the most money you could win to feed the family. So they ran, they ran races, you know, everywhere they could, all, you know, especially all the NASCAR sanctioned races. So, you know, the, and all that changed, you know, in 1971 with the modern era, you know, and they trimmed the, you know, 50, 60 something races down to, you know, 30 something races. So that's, that's just, you know, it's just not going to happen now. Yeah, so to put it in perspective, so he has 200 and David Pearson has 105. So that's one and two position. But our highest current active driver is Kyle Busch at 59 wins and Kevin Harvick at 58 cup wins. So you can see how far they are. And, of course, they're both um, behind Dale Earnhardt at eighth position at 76. So they got a ways to go to, to get to – you know, eight position here. So, and they've been running uh, Kyle Busch. I think his rookie cards are 2004 and Kevin Harvick in 1999. So that kind of says these guys have been around for a while and they're at position nine and 10. So, yeah. So let me, let me ask a question real quick. Let's say that Richard Petty's not here. Like he's not in the picture. His stuff never happened. Do you think, because for me as, you know, still somewhat of that outsider, David Pearson is not a name that anybody ever brings up. Do you think if there was no Petty that Pearson would be the guy? I think so. Most definitely. And the problem is it's kind of here. What's that? It's just for me, it's not one of the names that I hear very often. It's usually Petty, Dale, Jeff Gordon, and then a couple games, and then maybe Pearson. He's just not in that conversation typically for me. So I think he was a 70s, late 70s driver was kind of his peak for David Pearson. And I think he has that issue of like the basketball players that played in the Michael Jordan era, right? Patrick Ewan never got a championship because, well, you know, Jordan right. Jordan's mm-hmm. around, so... I was going to say Mark Martin, even though Mark Martin's in the Hall of Fame, but Mark Martin, if it wasn't for Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin came in second quite a bit behind Jeff Gordon. So 
I think that is unfortunately uh, the issue with David Pearson. Uh, you know, he's known as the Silver Fox, and I, I don't think he ran every race like Richard Petty did. Uh, some of the guys like Fred Lorenzen, they would just run the big tracks. A, that's where all the money was. They weren't going for the championships, right? So there's two schools of thought back in those early days. You race for the money as opposed to running for the sh- short tracks, more damage to your car or more higher risk of damage to your car and and less money. And you're not going for the championship. So, you know, like race five or six times a year and win the big money as opposed to running 30 or 40 races and you know have a have a risk of damaging your car and everything else so they also you know wrote, drove that car to the tra- to the track too sometimes so yeah and you know that brings up an interesting statistic you know talking about that jason you know, richard petty also holds a record and that and that record is he has come in second the most out of any driver hmm. <laughs> so and i think david pearson is next in line there. So both of those two, you know, back, back during the heyday of the the 70s, those guys were like one, two, one, two all the time. If if only one of those guys showed up, you had a, you know, a pretty good shot of maybe trying to, you know, trying to win beating one guy, but but both of them showed up, you were in trouble. Right. Okay. Yep. You know, and in 1967, you know, the King had an incredible year that year. He won 27 races, and within that span of 27 races, he won 10 in a row. But again, that was when they were running, you know, two and three times a week. So that was, uh, you know, even though that's an amazing stat to win 10 in a row, uh, you get you just have to think, you know, and I'm not trying to downplay the king because the king is my man. But, you know, you can see where, it might be just a little bit easier, especially when you've got the equipment that they had back then to actually win 10 races in a row. So I'm pulling up racing reference. And so Richard Petty ran for 35 years, 1,184 races. He was in the top 10, 712 times. That's amazing. When you think about it, he's in the top five, 555 times. It's almost half, a little less than half of the time. So he he ran, and I guess with that almost 1,200 races, that's a lot of races. Yep. And you know, of course, he's got seven championships along with uh, Dale Earnhardt and Jimmy. And there's always this debate on who is the GOAT. You know, some people say, oh, it's Dale Earnhardt Sr. Other Other people say it's Jimmy. And other people like me say it's Richard Petty. You know, it, it, I think it's all in the era that you grew up in. You know, I've seen them all race and I've seen them all win. And, you know, my choice obviously is going to be for the GOAT is going to be Richard Petty. I mean, he is the he's the best driver. He's got most of the records. He's also, as a person, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And he takes care of his fans. And that goes a long way in the NASCAR community. So. While you were talking, saying that, so he's come in the number one position or won seven championships. Yep. He's come in second six times in the championship. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, 
13 years of those 35, he's one or two. Sounds a lot like another uh, driver that we talk about a lot re- lately in F1. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's why he's the king is, you know, he holds all the records. Uh, he's a fan favorite and, you know, and I love him. So, you know, to me, he will always be the king. He will always be the goat. And I'm glad we're going to talk about some of his cards. Do you want to start from the top or the or bottom up? We can start from the bottom up. You know, I've got, I think your list, you, you had, I don't think you filled out the, the top 10, but I do have, I do have 10 in my list. And my list is pretty much the same as yours. I just added the other cards that I like and I think are good cards. Do you want me to start out with those and then we'll, we'll yeah, get, sure. your, get your list? All right, cool. All right. For number 10, for me, I've got the 1998 SP Mark of a Legend Richard Petty card. It's an autograph card. It's out of 220. And, you know, that was during the time when Upper Deck was really putting out a lot of nice cards and a lot of nice autos. And, of course, they were hard to get back then, but they were still really, really nice when you got them. So that's my number 10. Now, my number nine, or I'll say our number nine, is the 1997 action-packed fifth anniversary autographs of Richard Petty. He's card number one. That's when, when action-packed had their fifth anniversary, and they had him, and I think there were four other drivers um, in that set. So that's a really nice little set, and you can find those on eBay you know, very inexpensively. They're... They're not very expensive, and they're, they're always out there. So that's a good one to pick up. The other one, number eight, and I like these cards, and I've always liked these cards. The 1977 through 79 Sportscaster Richard Petty card. You know, there's, those things are really, really big. But, um, you know, of course, you had to have a subscription back then to get those Sportscaster cards. But those things are very plentiful, and they're very obtainable. And they're beautiful if you get him to autograph them. So, you know, the, to me, that's a really, really cool card. Yeah, I would agree with that one, um, getting those autographed. So so that was number eight. Do you want to start with number seven, Val? Go, go ahead. Okay. Um, number seven is going to be the 1982 Kidco Tough Wheels laser print card. And those were the cards that were available in the diecast cars back in the day that, that Tough Wheels was making. And you got two cards to a pack or to a diecast car. And the good thing about those things is the way they packed them to preserve the cards. They actually had a little piece of plastic in between the car and the cards. So even to this day, the cards still are in great shape. So if you can buy some of those Kidco diecast cars, you're going to get some decent shape cars, cards, excuse me. So those are really nice. Now, uh, one thing I didn't realize for those 1982 Kidcos, when I was looking up the list, is Richard Petty's also on the Dale Earnhardt card. Yes, he so, is. And it's Dale Earnhardt and it's uh, Richard Petty drafting the win. So I guess that's an honorable mention for the 82 Kidco. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a cool little set. It's we've talked about it before. You know, it's got all kinds of different uh, cars from all kinds of different racing series, from Formula One to motorcycles to to you know semi tractor trailer trucks to I mean, you name it. They've got all kinds of different cards in that twenty four card set. So that's a cool little set to get. Yeah. So that and. Not that everybody should jump off and go to that this episode, but on episode number 50 is when we talk about the 82 Kidcos. So you can write that down and always come back to that in our archives, episode number 50. All right. Why don't you take number five, Val? Sure. Number five or number six uh, is 1989 Max, card number 43, Richard Petty. Now, this is a Petty card that you really don't see much. He's uh, He's got a cigar in his mouth. It's that typical Richard Petty look, but... Uh, he's got a cigar in his mouth, and it's the 89 Max, so it's got that orange border and the green back. So the 89 Max is one of the scarcer uh, series, and Logan can tell you, you know, trying to find wax back then and factory sets and the toolbox sets have kind of dried up. But it's a nice-looking card, and, of course, you know, can't go wrong with a king. Yeah, and that's his second mainstream card. You know, because he's had a lot of, you know, cards in smaller sets as we're getting ready to get to. But, yeah, that's a cool card to get. Yep. I guess number five, the 1988 Max, number 43, Richard Petty. Now, this is only available in the Charlotte printing or the second printing. And, again, that's that closer-up image of the king. And that's that image everybody has come to know in him, that iconic look. And, of course, the 88 Max is one of those iconic, we said glamour cards. Uh, when you think of NASCAR trading cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of my favorite cars for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, that one go on the Mount Rushmore of NASCAR trading cards. Yes. Yeah, so number four, we've got the 1986 Sports Star Photographics card. It doesn't have a number with, with of course, Richard Petty. You know, and they have variations, and I, Val is actually the one that turned me on to the variation, so I'm going to let him talk about that. Yeah, so actually, the trading card database has it as a variation with and w- uh, without the peel box on the back, but I believe, and I would love to be corrected on this, but I do not think there is a variation. I think it's just the one printing of this card. This is the 86 Sports Star Photographic, so it's a little bit larger than a normal training card. It's horizontal, printed by Sports Sports Star Photographics, and I believe these were only available as full sheets, and they've been you know cut down over the time. But other cards in the 86 Sports Star Photographics can be found with and without the address on the back. So the Richard Petty, his birth date is wrong on this back of this card. And uh, there's no address for sports or photographics. Did I leave anything out on that one? No, that's it, man. You got okay. that one. That's great. All right. Uh, next one. 1983 Uno Racing, card number 23. Uh, this is that 83 Uno set, small 30 card set. Really don't know how this was uh, distributed or given away. Uh, I believe it was to either... Uh, it was created for Uno to give away either at Hospitality Tent or something like that. But again, it's the card number 23, and it's 
like so many of those with like the Dale Earnhardt Sr. and the Darrell Waltrip, uh, it's Richard Petty with, uh, I think, two UNO representatives. And then the back is your UNO black and white playing card. Yeah, and those cards, the backs of them, you know, they have that solid black uh, part on the back of those cards. It's hard to find some that don't have any print dots or anything like that. And so trying to get those things in PSA 10s sometimes can be can prove to be a little bit difficult. Well, not a little bit difficult, a lot of difficult. I can tell you now that I, I think when they use uh, black light and stuff that those scratches show up. Uh, so that'll knock you down from 10 to a nine or eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about, you know, those things are they are prone to having little surf, little micro sur- surface scratches on them. So I can see where that would knock them down. And I can tell you from experience, because I sent a few, quite a few in, and they all came back nines. And when I um, kind of questioned some of it, that's how that was my uh, answer. So I'll let you take number two and number one. Okay. Or right, we'll let Jason two. do number one. I'll let yeah, we'll let Jason do number one. All right. So number two, Logan. Number two is um, from the 1992 tracks autograph set. It's card number A1. It's the autograph of Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Richard Petty on the same card. If you've been collecting racing cards any amount of time at all, you know this card. You've seen this card. You love this card. And you want this card. It is the one of the coolest cards ever. I never was able to pull one. I was able to trade for one back in the day. I still have it. Believe it or not, I have not got it authenticated or graded. I probably need to put that on my list of things to do. But it's a beautiful card, highly desirable. They are, I don't know that they're plentiful, but I will say that you do see them on eBay quite often. But you do have to watch out on some of them because we have noticed that we think there were some blank cards in the day. And there have been some forgeries on some of these cards. So you got to watch out for those. And it's, I mean, if you look at some of them, especially the Richard Petty autograph on the ones that are, you know, we think are forged, it's pretty easy to see that Richard Petty didn't sign that. So just uh, buyer beware, you know, look at, look at what you have and, you know, just, you know, just pay attention to the autographs. But like I said, this is a great, 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 card it's it's an iconic card wouldn't you say oh definitely and to come out you know kind of in the first few years in 92 to have the two seven times right there is uh, pretty amazing it is and um also that was also the first year that uh, jeff gordon had an autograph card as well in fact i pulled one i'll tell you a funny story real quick i pulled one out of a box i got a jeff gordon autograph and of course you know, he hadn't done anything yet. I looked at that thing and went, ah, oh, crap. I got Jeff Gordon. I mean, this, I, I really wanted Richard Petty and Taylor Arnold Sr. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I could definitely imagine that, you know, it's like pulling a Jimmy Johnson back in 2000. Like, what? Yeah, or Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right, Jason, number one. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that the number one Richard Petty card is the 1972 STP no number rookie card for uh, Mr. Richard Petty himself. Looking this up, and I, I put a link in the chat for you guys to see, 
it's impressive. I mean, what we talk about for racing cards and, you know, a raw card for, uh, for this one's usually about 1500 in decent condition for raw and, you know, a few thousand graded and it's gone up considerably, you know, the past few years and the, I'm sure, you know, that's because of us talking about it so much. So we'll take the credit for that. But I mean, this card just never, never seems to go away, but in a good way. I mean, this is the one that's always up there for everybody. It's yeah. def- definitely the the iconic. It's I think it has all the 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 right pieces. You know, it's very rare. I don't think we we talk about it enough. Uh, it's kind of a somewhat of a mystery how it was distributed. Uh, we know you know Andy Grantelli had something to do with it with STP, and then also with Ray Mann, who was producing the Racing Pretoria magazine. So that's where the image came from. But we don't know exactly, you know, heard different stories. I, I've contacted people and said that, you know, they got it at the Daytona Speed Week in 72. So it's it's kind of interesting. And then also Dane Turner, who uh, purchased the Rayman collection of uh, photographs as well as gotten the cards and stuff and started the uh, Racing Collectibles magazine. He actually never listed the 1972 STB set in the price guide, which I find amazing. And I remember, you know, him saying in the editorial or something like that is that uh, it was so rare that he didn't want to put it in the checklist. So, so it's quite rare. And when we look at the numbers of graded examples, there's, I think less than a hundred, I think across all three of the big grading card companies. And there is no 10 PSA 10. There's a PSA nine. Uh, and then it sh- drops sharply for there. Yeah, I think there's like three sevens after that or something like that. But yeah, this is this is probably the glamour card for NASCAR. At least I think so. Yeah, so I guess this is the 52 mantle of uh, NASCAR. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I like that. I, I would agree with that because it's it's a beautiful card. I mean, there's no borders. You know, it, it's a full bleed card. It's got a picture of him without a mustache and without a hat. So it's a it's a it's a nice picture, um, very simple design, and and it's just like anything else that's now collectible. You know, back when they issued those things, they really weren't meant to be collectible. They were just giveaways to promote STP. I could also see, and you mentioned it. You know, no glasses, no hat. If you are an inexperienced NASCAR collector. I could easily see where you would miss this and not even realize that it's petty, especially to show. I could see somebody just walking by and not even realizing what they were, you know, looking at or, uh, or even somebody that found it in an attic or a closet or whatever, not even realizing what it is because it's not that, not that iconic look for petty that we've kind of come to know and love in most recent years. No, it's not. You know, without the sunglasses, without the mustache, right. without the cowboy hat, this, he looks completely different. Yeah, he's missing his three signatures items. <laughs> so he is. So on the list, and tell me if I missed it, but we, you know, you guys mentioned an autograph or two, but what is his first memorabilia card? Like I, I was looking as we're talking, looking as you guys were going through, and I'm listening. I don't see what it is and I'm getting into the, the press pass years and K 
can't, I still can't find anything. Do you know? Because to me, his career spans so much that these first in value, you kind of mentioned it on the list that you sent over, like that first prism. That's to me, that's a bigger deal, you know, than it may be to you guys. But I also think his first memorabilia card would also be a big deal too. But I just can't figure out what it is. Yeah, I think. You know, some of these are honorable mentions, and it all depends on how you collect, right? Because there's no right or wrong way. But the 2016 Prism Silver or Colored Parallels, I think, are great. And then to your point, you know, finding memorabilia fire suits, just like for Dale Earnhardt Sr., are tough, right? Those aren't readily available, and the companies have either gone through the supply that they had, you know, and they probably didn't have a great big supply of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because Richard Petty had retired well before that. Um, and so, you know, trying to find some big patches of a fire suit or used tires or whatever. So I was wondering if maybe it's the burning rubber from 96, if he's in that or not. He's, he's not in that. You know, I, you know, shame on me. I should know that, but I do not know that. So well, I'm guessing it would have been in the legend set then. I'm in. I'm in press pass 2005 and I started, you know, at 72 and I'm in 2005 and I haven't seen anything yet. Now granted on trading card database, not everything has a photo and I'm kind of skimming, but I see autographs, just no relics. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of relics in the beginning for him. I do know that. Yeah. I want to say it's like the, was it 2006 or 2009, the legends. You know, the one show where we talked about all the different types of relics and then maybe what we would like to see. I'm kind of upset with us that nobody mentioned Richard Petty's cowboy hat. Oh, well, he does have he does have cowboy hat cards. Oh, really? From from 2006. I know those are in 2006 Press Pass Legends. Yeah, there's super rare uh, hat tag. There's one out there for 60 on eBay. 2006 Press Pass Legends. Yeah, I did know that. Oh, I see shirt yeah. and legends. I think it was showcase maybe that I got a big like two inch by two inch like fire suit and it's got a seam running through it. I uh, could also see where, you know, the companies in the early two thousands were just going through stuff like crazy, cutting things up. But now I think people are getting a little bit more particular about what gets cut up and they don't want that old stuff. Although it's cool to have it in a card, they don't necessarily want it to be cut up anymore. Yeah, I've always thought it was kind of sacrilege to cut up anything like that, especially when you see some of these baseball cards with cut up Mickey Mantle jerseys and cut up shoeless Joe Jackson bats and crazy things like that. Yeah, I think it was cool at first and then everybody started thinking, well... You know, now this can't be in a museum or, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's only so much of that stuff out there. Right. How much was actually saved and how much was actually consumed through the, you know, making of cards. So, but that's what I was going to say with Richard Petty. I think, you know, his stuff is on that list of rare Richard Petty, David Pearson, Earnhardt Sr., that you just don't see that stuff anymore. And I'm going to add one more card as like a miscellaneous. Sure. Something I think would be neat. And I think Logan should go on this pretty fast. Um, the 1992 Sports Illustrated for Kids. He only has one Sports Illustrated for Kids card. And while 
getting it raw would be you know four or five six eight bucks whatever i think trying to find a good graded one a good condition graded one would be difficult because we're talking 30 years ago they're perforated and he only has the one and right now even on ebay there are only three listed so it's not like they're readily available and i think that would be something kind of that neat little thing to add to a collection yeah actually when i was looking at pulling this list or looking on ebay i did see some of those so it's kind of like a picture looking down at him it's above him so yeah yeah all um all good um, well, guys since i've been since we've been talking about this i have gone through on beckett and gone through richard petty every year since 1996 and it looks like 2006 is the first year for memorabilia okay i'll have to write that down yeah yeah, because I, I couldn't think of anything prior to that at all when they had that hat card. Because I remember it was a it was a pretty big deal. Oh, I know another one I was going to throw out. Uh, we mentioned, or I had talked to Logan about it. Is their dual sign? I believe, or is it just no? Maybe it's just signed. They're all happy birthday to the king, and they're signed by the other drivers. And there's a little message of happy birthday. I think I don't know if they were at a showcase or out of something, but. Those are during the press pass days. Yeah, I've got one of those. It's Tony Stewart. It says Happy Birthday King or something like that. Tony Stewart. Yeah, those are pretty cool cards. Some of the cards that that didn't make the list, you know, and probably would never make the list are kind of the ones that I kind of like. Like the 1992 Pro Set card number 43 of Richard Petty with the American flag. That's when you look at that image of that card. I mean, it's like baseball hot dogs apple pie and richard petty i mean it's like it's it's just a beautiful card you yeah know, i totally agree with that it. <laughs> yeah when you think of nascar and you think of richard petty and you think you know american flag and yeah that's that's a nice one that's a nice one to get signed it's it's a great image yeah it's a horizontal one so it it, it is nice to get signed for sure some of the other cards that i like that i have seen and of course this one Kind of goes back to what Jason was talking about. We've actually talked about this thing a couple times. The 1992 Food Lion set, card number 66. Richard Petty is on a bike. <laughs> I like that card because I ride bikes. So it's it, to me, it's pretty neat. Actually, I had one graded just because of that. But that, that like I said, they'll never make that. That's probably not even the, in the top 200 Richard Petty card. But for me, I like it. Well, it's funny you mention that because I was doing a search and I saw somebody was selling pallets of the uh, food line. I thought of uh, Jason. <laughs> there you go, Jason. Get you a pallet of food line cards. I'm going to look right now, actually. <laughs> I think it's like four or five thousand dollars, and I don't, I don't mm. know if it's twelve pallets or, but it's it's a lot of food line cards. Yeah, and you know I like diecast cars. You know I, I have a lot of diecast cars here. And I remember in 1991 when Racing Champions issued the Richard Petty car and it had the the cool thing that I liked about Racing Champions is, you know, they had a trading card with the car. Of course, I never opened up any of mine, but there is a card in there of Richard Petty leaning by the car, which is pretty cool. It's a white bordered car card and it's I like that card. It's just something about it. I like it, I guess, maybe because I remember going to targets and walmart's chasing those cars back then just kind of brings back some good memories 
So I found that auction. It's actually not a bad price. It is 6,700 boxes of... Yeah, so not packs, boxes. 6,700 boxes of that Food Lion Richard Petty stuff for uh, $5,900. So not even a dollar a box. <laughs> Which is an amazing price. But if you look at the pictures, there are like... Like there's one code zero two four five five. You know, I don't know which one that is, but it's a palette full of one, two, three, four, five, like twelve high times four wide times four deep. Like, I mean, you're gonna get a lot of the same thing, but it's a cool auction for sure. <laughs> Gosh, I wouldn't know what I would do with that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe this transitions into the next segment through the mail autographs. <laughs> oh, oh, I I was going to talk, okay, can no, we talk about some more um, Richard Petty cards real quick. Of course, yeah, yeah. 1998 Upper Deck Road to the Cup 50th anniversary autographs of Richard Petty. That's a really nice card. That's a card you don't see very often. So if you see it and the price is right. You know, that may be something to pick up. That's Those are nice cards. And another card that I liked was back in 2003 when Tops had their E-Tops. You know, their super high premium cards that were, you know, like you know, like a stock market issue kind of thing. Um, you know, I liked, I liked those cards. And, and it's a very beautiful card. Plus, you know, he's had some other crazy cards i know there's the 1991 pro set number 10 and he's sitting there smoking a cigar on that one too that was that was pretty neat and there's another one that's kind of it's iconic but it's also in a way kind of sad it's from the 1993 max card number 156 it's a richard petty memorable moment and it shows him in an empty daytona speedway standing up looking down pit road you know because this is after he retired he retired in 92 so it's a cool card but in a way it's kind of you know sad it's the end of an era but it's to me it's kind of a cool card it's kind of iconic it kind of it tells you a lot when you when you look at that image and there, you know there's also another richard petty dale earnhardt signed autograph the 1998 sp authentic traditions card number t1 because it's got like a foil on the edges, it makes it look um, pretty snazzy. Yeah, it's a, that's, and you definitely don't see that card very often. I think once it gets into a collection, it stays in the collection for a long time. I know if I if I found that card, I would I would not be selling it. And that's the that's the thing with some of these, right? The seventy two STP, the Unos, and some of these other ones. Once they get in the collection, uh, they're not coming out. No, no, and, and I'm a card hoarder anyway. I don't I don't sell anything, as you well know, and as everybody knows, it's rare to, to get me to sell anything. So, you know, if I get it, you you're it's gonna be just like going into uh you know the the Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse. You're not gonna see it again. Right. <laughs> but well, I, I'm gonna say one more thing here: the 2009 press pass pocket portraits. You know, they, they're the same size as a T206 card. For those of you who are familiar with uh, T206 baseball cards, uh, it's that same size. There's just something about those cards that I like, and I like the Richard Petty. And, of course, they had different variations, I think, from, like, Walmart 
they had some Walmart cards, and then of course they had the standard issue from Press Pass. So those are really cool cars, and you, of course you can pick those up pretty cheap. So that's all I got. I was gonna say one other thing was that Richard Petty was in Alan and Ginter. Oh yeah. And so he has 2012 some used memorabilia and autographs in Alan and Ginter. So a little different take. It made me think of it when you said the two. T206 that um, they have the, the minis, Alan Ginter's sign. So, oh, I just thought of another one. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. The 2018 Panini Donra Slingshot card that's a cool card. It's a more of a cartoony looking card, but you know, they only had I think four different cards that year of the slingshot, which you know, I used to think those were skid marks. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's a cool card so that that's another one to check out all right sorry sorry to derail everything oh and, and one more and look, we'll say and i guess we can hold on here but the iconic uh downtown there's a downtown oh yeah there. i forgot about that in fact i've got one of those uh, out to psa and and uh i'll, I'll mention real quick I, my psa submission hit a one-year uh you know, anniversary on the 16th of, of January. So I've had a submission gone for a year now officially. I'm right there with you. So, but we're coming up on an hour here. So I will say we'll go into uh, now's the time for through the, uh, through the mail, right? TTM. And now is the time to start thinking about uh, sending some cards to the drivers. And I know, you know, if you have a project working on, I know Jason's working on a project. You want to talk about that some, yeah, so we've we talked about it a while ago. Um, I bought a lot of Holly Farm sets off of uh, cards, you know, like a dollar a set or something real cheap. I think it was like ten or fifteen sets, and you know, thirty cards per set. And there's some names, and there's some people I've never heard of, but you know, like Dale Seniors in there. Um, so my project is because it's only a 30 card set, I'm going to try to get them all signed. And, uh, I started getting some envelopes ready and I got five or six ready to send out, um, you know, ones that are sure things that come back within, you know, less than a month, two to three weeks type of deal. And, uh, I'm going to get rolling and I bought one on eBay a couple weeks ago. I bought Benny Parsons for five or six bucks delivered. So not a bad deal for me. And then that was, you know, my, my first one. And you know, several shows ago, we talked, I had bought the Dale Sr. off of eBay um, signed for, I don't know, 75 bucks or something like that. I actually ended up returning it because it was pretty poor condition, like worse than I would take even for a deceased um, autograph. So started over and then Benny Parsons is officially my number one uh, out of the 30 so far. So he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, for five or six bucks, I couldn't pass it up. And I actually, uh, I think I sent it to you guys or at least to Logan and, you know, to kind of get a an idea of the signature and said it looked good. And so I went ahead and bought it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I got to look and reevaluate some of this, my stuff. Of, I know I want to work on a 2016 Prism Silver set, so I need to go through, uh, look, see who I can send off to. 
There's different ways to find the addresses. I don't know, Jason, how you're finding uh, your addresses, but one way is to, you know, if you Google the driver and autograph request, if they're a current driver or a legend, there are, you know, they have shops or contacts or whatever that you can send to. And then there's other, I think there's some Facebook groups that you can join as well as some other sites that have uh, address information. Yeah, so some people that send autograph requests are pretty stingy with addresses. Um, you know, and I get it. They want to respect the privacy of people. Um, but we almost kind of live in that day and age where it's out there somewhere. So getting in the Facebook groups, you'll get guys that'll share um, successes and they'll say, you know, I sent two cards and they signed both or they signed one and kept one or, you know, whatever the deal is. And then they'll share the addresses. You can also pay for things. Um, one that I use is sportscollectors.net. Um, it's about it's $14.99 per year. Um, and it'll go. you can go through all the major sports and search by name. And it'll tell you what address, how long it took. And then, you know, the same kind of the record, like two out of two or three out of three or whatever. And everybody that, you know, people that are members will update their successes. And that's kind of how you know what addresses work, who signs, who doesn't, and kind of where to spend your time and where to not waste it. Um, that's a really big deal. You know, NASCAR is different than the other sports. If you get into the other sports, typically the bigger the name, the less likely the signature will get returned to you. Uh, but, you know, NASCAR is a whole different beast in itself. And I would think, I think you guys probably would know some about this too, but when I used to do it with NASCAR in the early 2000s, I would request, what do they call those? Hero eight, card? Like, yeah, I would request those, but I would make sure to send an envelope big enough to get it back like a manila envelope unfolded you know i'd get a 10 by 13 and then i'd put a 9 by 12 inside to get it returned to me keep them flat not folded and then those i think they're eight and a half by 11 but like you said those hero cards those are really nice um if you don't have the trading cards to send out and usually you you'll get a couple of them depending on the driver and then sometimes i would get like some extra stuff like some stickers or you know what have you but little little trinkets like that yeah if you go to out to the shops they all under frequently asked questions or contact information they'll have their autograph policy and how to uh, ship to them or maybe the drivers that are not accepting you know it's gotten to be tough i guess for some of the really big Drivers, Kyle Bush comes to mind. You know, he won't sign. I don't, but part of the some of that sweet spot would be new drivers, new rookies. Uh, Austin Sindrick, you know, comes to mind. Harrison Burton, who's, uh, you know, rookie now at Cup for Wood Brothers. But if you just visit those websites and, and look under, like I said, the more information or frequent ask questions or contact, they should have their policy. So. And then, of course, you always want to include a self-addressed stamped envelope. The biggest thing I can recommend to anybody is don't send something you can't afford to lose. Correct. Yeah. Not so much, you know, late 
placing the blame on, you know, the drivers or the athletes, but just the way that the mail is, you know, 99 times out of 100 stuff gets delivered back, but that one time, that's when it's like the most expensive thing. That's just how it works out. So if it's some card that's like $100, don't send it to get signed through the mail. You know, save that for something in person or whatever. Send stuff that you can afford to uh, to lose. I don't know. We mentioned a few times when we talked about him, uh, Richard Petty. If you'll send to the museum again, if you Google that information, Richard Petty autograph request, it'll pop up and give you everything you need to know to uh, send to him. So now, now we talked in you know text chatting, and he is two two per request. And I think Val, when you and I started this a couple years ago, I sent for Mario Andretti. Yes. And he is one per year, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe two, something like that. But he he's not, you know, per request. He They put your name into a, a file and they keep track and he's like one or two per year. And then does he sign your stuff or does he always send you that one specific card back? When I sent to Mario, he sent me back what I sent him because it was a sports star photographic sticker. I believe it was. Okay. Whatever I got from him, I did not send. Him. <laughs> okay. I got two blue cards and I want to say they had Kmart. Yeah. They're, that's the Kmart. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I, I'm, I probably sent index cards or something. Cause I'll send those if I don't have anything else for people. And I got two of those Kmart cards, uh, back signed. Yeah, sometimes the drivers are, they don't like to sign those index cards. And I'm sure he has a probably a mountain of those Kmart cards. Yeah, talking about Richard Petty real quick and the way he signs, he he has uh, these two ladies that, that are, I think they volunteer there, and they're friends of his that run the museum. And what they do is Richard comes by on a specific day, and they, they, they whip out these tables, and these ladies go and they put all the stuff that Richard needs to sign on the tables along with the envelopes to send them back and everything. And Richard just comes in. He just goes and signs everything and he leaves. And then they, of course, they pack it all back up and send it all back. So it works out real nice for him. Yeah, he doesn't, I don't think, have a long uh, window of, you know, being sent out, you know, and back. So I think he keeps on top of his uh, mail. Yeah, I think, I think he does it weekly. He comes in there, I think, once a week. And I, I remember the one time that I went, well, I've been there a couple of times, but one time I went to the museum and I came in there and I, I asked him about, you know, Richard Petty signing things. And they go, oh, you just missed him. He's just here a few minutes ago. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I have been lucky enough to meet him several times over the years. He's one of those, to me, that I think people will take for granted right now because he does sign so much so well his signature seems like it has never changed and i think it's that oh i'll send it to him oh i'll get it uh, it'll happen and then one day it's not going to be possible anymore and i think he there's going to be a lot of regret regret buying uh from people that have put it off so long even though he has a ton out there you know we've going through the stats today and his cards and his values. And I think he's getting, uh, you know, brushed aside a little bit now, but I think his time will come for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, he he's iconic in the sport. And I think to your point, you know, he's starting to be, you know, taken for granted and, and this other stuff. So, and it's, you know, it happens, right? I'm like, I think right now, like Jimmy Johnson, until you step back and start actually realizing what happened and the wins and everything else in the championships and what it took and, you know, it kind of, that time separation and everything else where they get evaluated and, and uh, everybody rediscovers them, right? Yeah. Kind I mean, th- think about it. If Hank Aaron was out there and said, okay, I'll sign two of everything that you see, or two items for every request that you send me. And I go to my batting cage factory every week and, you know, yeah, I'll sit and sign everything all day. I think people would be jumping hand over fist to get in, but you know, uh, again, it's racing. We get, we talk about it all the time how it gets overlooked for the the big four, and you just you can't argue with what's out there for him. I mean, this we talked about how many wins he has, and then how many the number two guy has, and it's just a crazy crazy gap. Um, that if it was anything else, it would just be values would be through the roof. I totally agree. You know, again, it's um another mentality or or I guess the way the collectors are, you know, it's what's hot right now and and um until everybody rediscovers them all at one time, then just kinda out of sight out of mind. So Yeah, you guys got me wanting to send stuff in to Richard Petty right now. <laughs> well, I always say if and I think Jason hit on it, you know, if you get two a year or whatever and um, I'm going to, like I said, work on that 2016 silver set. So I think he has a few different cards in that set. So uh, I'll have to get some together and I'll have to do my testing for uh, powdering it. But I think that's my task or quest for 22-23. So. You know, and not to, not to harp on it, but his signature hasn't changed. And, you know, you see other signatures out there, and I'm not going to mention names because I don't know you know, health history of people and what's happening in their real life. But some of these guys in other sports, their signatures don't look like they did five or 10 years ago when they were signing stuff for Fleer and tops. And, uh, you know, Petty's does his looks exactly the same. It's a work art. It truly is. It's, it's one of the most iconic signatures, you know, for an autograph collector to have, I mean, just the beauty of of the autograph and the time he takes to actually do it i don't know if you've ever y'all have ever seen him hold a, a sharpie but he kind of holds it with three fingers like this uh, you of course you, you people out there can't see this but it's like he holds it with three fingers you got the two the the two fingers and the thumb and he holds the sharpie and he signs like and i guess that's probably from like maybe you know getting signature fatigue or something you know he he's learned to do that yeah, so he, his hand doesn't wear out because you can imagine if he goes to a signing session somewhere and he's signing thousands of autographs, I mean, that's got to take its toll on you. And especially, you know, the older that you get, too. So he's he's developed that. And I think it's pretty cool to watch him hold a Sharpie. So two things real quick is I love signatures and I love seeing like the lineage. So Lee Petty signed like Richard Petty, Kyle Petty. Sounds like Richard Petty. So you have the uh, the grandfather, the father, I guess, and then the son, and then the grandson. So uh, Kyle Petty, and then Adam Petty. He signed similar uh, with that looping style as well. So and then one time, I guess me and Logan were in line waiting, and so we were actually figuring up how many 
days, weeks, Richard Petty has spent his lifetime autographing cards. And I think we came up with like one or two weeks of his life he's lost to signing autographs. I think we figured it up as like about a hundred a day and then uh how many how many days in a year and over the what thirty five years or whatever and yeah how how long it takes to take to do one autograph and then multiply that time oh yeah yeah it's and we figure he signed like well over a million autographs <laughs> do you think he and it's subjective of course, but do you think he has the best autograph of let's just say all the sports, all the big names, we're not going to go into all these, you know, minor leaguers and stuff, but if there's another one, I'd love you, to know it. Ken Griffey Jr. No. I think would be the only, yeah, but the only reason I say that is because for Griffey's, it hasn't changed really either. And I know he has signed a lot, but he hasn't signed near as much as Richard Petty has. I but know we've I, talked about his this before, but he did sign R. Petty for a time, I think, in the eighties. Okay. But then he went back to the full, full Richard Petty with all the looping. Yeah, you know, if you're talking about autographs, I'll, I'll put this one out here. I think Mickey Mantle has a nice autograph. You know, it, but it's also pretty iconic. Oh, Ted Williams is pretty nice too. I, you were reading yeah. my mind, dude. Ted Williams. Yeah. yeah. Well, and is that back in that age when you could actually read the the person's signature, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and now uh, you have some of these other signatures that it might be a full signature, but you know it's hard to read, make it out. You know, I was thinking like with Jeff Gordon, his has changed over time from his first autographs to the way he's signing now. Then you have others, uh, the younger kids that are coming up that are you know went to the the uh, class there of initializing you know their signature as opposed to you know full signature. So. Yeah, look at Ty freaking Gibbs' autograph. <laughs> great driver, great kid. Autograph, not so much. He went to that class, I think, so. Yeah. And that's the thing with those people. It's not going to get better because they're just going to keep signing. Usually, in early in your career, it's the best. And then it tapers off and goes downhill. Because even I know for work, one of the jobs that I had that I was there for – six years every i had to sign a, a receipt paper like 30 times a day and eventually it just got to be where it was just loops you know just because you had to do it so much and i can only imagine some of these people you know they, they have no idea what they're getting into <laughs> well, i don't know gentlemen if there's anything else well can we i did a lot of ebay research let me at least get a couple of ebay auctions in here of course, of course. I'm not rushing anybody. I, and I'm sure the, the listeners do not mind at all either. Yeah, I know we're kind of running a little long, but yeah, I, I was perusing eBay and you know did my normal list of uh, items that sold, things I thought that were good, things that went really, really high. Uh, one thing I did see out there, and of course it's not on eBay yet, but it was on social media. It was a Joey Logano booklet from 2021 National Treasures. And he inscribed it. <laughs> Apparently, while he was signing autographs, his wife came by and bumped his shoulder. So he signed it. My wife bumped my shoulder. Sorry, Joey Logano, one-on-one. And people have been going crazy over that card. They want that card so much. But some, it's been pulled. Somebody got it out of, a, I think, maybe a group break or a, at a hobby shop or something. But I thought that was really cool. You know, it's kind of like the Dale Jr. with his daughter and all that. 
the Carl so, Edwards where he smeared it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was neat. Like I said, it's, it's not on eBay, but it was just something I saw on social media that I thought was really, really neat. Very cool. Um, couple things that I saw, I'm not going to go too long on this, is like there on the 19th, there was a George Russell purple refractor Formula One card top tops out of 399. It was a PSA 9. It went for $405 with 11 bids. So there, maybe there's other people other than Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen that people are going to try to collect. And I thought that was interesting. And here's another F1, 2020 tops Chrome Formula One. Max Verstappen purple refractor, of course, out of 399, just like the George Russell. And it was also a PSA 9. That went for $962.01. And what number of card was that? Uh, out of 399. No, no, I mean, um, is that the normal Max Verstappen or is it one of the other cards? It's a purple in... refractor, yeah. No, but I'm saying, so there's multiple Max Verstappens in there, at, you know, winning certain races or whatever. It was like card number six. Card number six. Oh, okay. So it was the, the main card. Yes. Okay. And I also saw out there, I thought this was interesting. And this actually ended on the 19th as well. A 1980 Panini F1 Grand, Grand Prix sticker set complete. 144 stickers with Alain Prost rookie. Went for $299. Buy it now. So that was, I think, a great deal whoever got that i mean i'm sure when that popped up and somebody saw that they went oh man i gotta get that and they bought it like you know just click that quick um something else you know we, we were talking about those president's choice cards uh a few episodes ago you know of course all those are one-on-ones there was a dual patch rusty wallace eric almarola card that went for 92 dollars best offer accepted and i was able to find the real price by the way so we went for $92, best offer accepted. And of course, there was also on the 13th, there was a 1988 Max Dale Earnhardt promo. And it was a PSA 10. It went for $1,699. Buy it now. So I thought that was pretty impressive for that as well. Wow. Oh, 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 one more, one more. Now, this, this is a mind boggler for me. This is on the 18th. A Panini uh, Ayrton Senna rookie card from 1984, mint fresh from the pack, and it looked nice. Went for $17,100 with 37 bids. That is amazing for a oh 1984 card from, from Panini with Ayrton Senna and his rookie. That's. <laughs> That says a lot about the state of F1 right now. I mean, wow. people are clamoring for this stuff and are, and are paying big bucks for it. So are they speculating on that? I would have to say yes. Wow. That, that's big money. That's that's a lot of money. That's real money. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, that card, I mean, they, they showed it. It looked beautiful. I mean, it was it looked Jim Mint. So, you know, it's probably going to grade very, very high if they get it graded. So uh, a couple of National Treasures things, you know, since National Treasures just broke out uh, last week, I saw that there was a Chase Elliott jumbo nameplate booklet that was really, really cool. It was a one-on-one. It went for $799.99 $799 with only one bid. 
So I thought that was that was pretty neat. And there was also a 2021 National Treasures Daryl Waltrip cut autograph that went for only $55. So that was a good deal right there, I think. 55 bucks for a cut auto out of five. Not bad. So, awesome. So that's I mean, I've got a whole big list of things here, but those, those are those are the highlights. And because I don't, you know, don't want this to run too long, but I do want to say one thing. I want to give some special thanks out to uh, Colin Hostetter, a.k.a. at CJH 2009-12. He turned us onto a website that can tell you the best offer accepted price for cards on eBay. Uh, it's called 130point.com, 130point.com. And the URL to go find these prices for the best offer accepted is 130point.com slash cards. And you can put that, uh, the description in there. It doesn't take the item numbers, but if you, if you go and cut and paste the description and put it in there, it will give you the buy uh, best offer accepted price. Now, one thing I noticed about this, just so y'all know, is I was cutting and pasting things out and some were working and some were not working. I'm like, what is going on here? So I, I come to find out that apparently if it's got a slash in there, it doesn't like that. It won't, it can't find what you're looking for. So take the, the slashes out like one slash, you know, one to one, one slash one, just take that one slash one out of there, out of the description and it'll find it. So I guess it's something, you know, you're a database guy, Val. So you, you kind of understand about some of those things, but it works great. Once I figured out why it didn't work. So that's pretty cool. So you might want to check that out. That's the way they're handling those special characters or exactly. collation collation of the database so yeah something yeah the way they're handling it and something else too one, one quick thing uh the other day i was tweeting about uh sam mayer and i had won a a lot in a break of his cards and it was it was a pretty you know pretty decent price and i, I got i should got an autograph well i saw later that sam meyer like sam mayer liked the tweet so i thought that was cool too that's always awesome. That's like with uh, the guy who won the Chili Bowl. I had put that out there. He liked that that tweet. So it's always nice to know that they're they're seeing that stuff. So yeah, they are watching. They may not respond, but they are watching. Yeah. Uh, for F1 collectors, they might already know this, but uh, the Topps UK site still has 2021 stickers, boxes of stickers for 40 pounds. I think that's a 50 pack box. I ordered two, so we'll see how that how they run. And then also the F1 Turbo attacks the Mega Ten and the regular uh, starter pack, some other stuff like that are still out there on the website. So, so you can still get some F1 at cost uh, stickers or the Turbo attacks. I you guess. have to pay uh, extra shipping, or how how does all that work? Yeah, the uh, shipping, I think, and tax. I think I want to say for the two 40 pound boxes, let's look at the conversion, but I think it was total maybe it was 122 for two boxes with shipping, uh, US. I think that's what the conversion was. So that's not bad. Uh, again, they're 50 packs, uh, 50 packs to a box, and I think 10 stickers to a pack. So you're looking at 500 stickers for a thousand stickers and for 122 bucks. Yeah, so I thought I'd get a box and uh, open some packs and check it out. 
Yeah, I see some Lewis Hamiltons in your future. Well, I hope so. We'll see. Or Max <laughs> Verstappen. So I definitely can't do the Chrome stuff. So <laughs> not that two thousand dollars a box, or even the uh, pre-sale for the other stuff. So anyway, but anything else, guys? I'll wrap it up. Well, again, thanks everybody for listening. If you would please like, share the podcast, and help us introduce new folks to the show. We appreciate it very much. And again, thanks for listening, staying with us to the end. And um, thanks to our sponsor, Panini America. And for me and the guys, we will talk to you next week.